Hey everyone, welcome to Season 1, Episode 21 of the Film Bros Championship Podcast. I am Tim with me, is my co-host Patrick. How you doing, buddy? Come on, Kubo, let's get it on. <laughs> um, I, in a, in a quick, brief feeling of the movie, yeah. Um, I was kind of, it was, I think this is very similar at, you know, at the end of the movie to class of 1984, Mm. um, (laughs) to where you're kind of like, all right, there's some stuff I like. And then it gets to the end and you're like, okay, all right. I'm feeling this now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That ending is very like, oh, hell yes. Let's go. Yeah. I wish there was more of that throughout the entire movie is just that ending part. The highs are high. The lows are low in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sums it up quite nicely. Yeah. But I, I, I overall, I think I rated it pretty well. Like, I think it's going to end up pr- kind of high. Cool. I thought I'd have to fight with you more on this. Excellent. All right. No, no. I, I re- again, that ending beat really, really pulled it up. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but this is uh, your pick so you get to run us down on the challenge okay uh real quick a down and out boxer american boxer uh gets a uh, hot job to help smuggle a sword back into japan that uh from this feuding family of two brothers who both want the sword and yeah hijinks ensue he's stuck in this war yeah, he's he's caught in the middle of it, kind of, and he doesn't quite understand it. That's for sure. No, but embraces it. Yeah, at the same time. Um, yeah, hijinks is an interesting <laughs> word choice, though. Um, I don't know if I quite go there, but but yeah, it's a lot of fish like, out of water stuff, and, and mixed with like sure. you know traditional, you know, wow, Amer- American in Japan. This place is so weird. Yeah. yeah, they've made a lot of these movies, especially back then. For sure, for sure, especially in the uh, dinner sequence. Although that gave me like a little bit of Indiana Jones and Temple of two, Doom vibes. This movie came out two years before. <laughs> I thought I, had, I wrote down the same thing. Yeah, um, just a little. Funny enough, like I just like I don't know, four years before this movie came out, four or five years before it was this movie called The Yakuza, directed by mm-hmm. uh, Sidney Pollack. And uh, you know where the the final scene takes place in this movie? That yeah. same location was used in the previous movie. Oh, in, the, in the Yakuza. It was like also a headquarters. It's like, son of a bitch, I know this place. I've seen this before. Ah, I guess, yeah, I guess I haven't <laughs> seen that movie. You know what it made me kind of want to rewatch is Black Rain. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so I guess we should start off with uh, our hero, Rick. Rick Murphy. He's Irishman. Oh, see, I didn't catch you. They said his last name? Yeah. Ah, I missed that. <laughs> okay. I learned something today. There you go. So, yeah, so Rick. Um, I, yeah, I guess he's, he's over the hill uh, sports-wise, but he's still got a few tricks up his sleeve. Yeah, he's he's past his prime boxer. And he's turning into yeah. a sparring partner now to make cash. But uh, don't talk trash to him or he will lay your ass out. Yeah. <laughs> he, 
he knows how to take a beating, which I think is important, I guess, because he does take a beating actually quite a lot in this movie. Oh, yeah. It, what's really incredible yeah. is that Scott Glenn is... Actually, I, I didn't even check. How old is Scott Glenn in this movie? I, you know what? I want to check his height. I, I was curious to check his height. Okay. Well, that's... Oh, man. You, you check his age. I'll check height. Oh, so Scott Glenn is definitely not as tall as I thought. Okay. He's six foot. Okay, he was 43 in this movie. Or 42, probably. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, he has the same body now as he did then. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. That man kept in yeah. great shape. He did. Bronson to be proud. <laughs> but definitely like a leaner dude to, just to begin with. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, skinny guys fighting the bone. <laughs> or the bourbon, right? <laughs> I think it's the bone. I always thought it was the bone, but then I thought I remember hearing it once, and I thought I remember hearing it differently to bourbon. Uh, but been a minute since I've watched Fight Club, but we'll have to rewatch with the sub. Yeah, no, sub. I love Fight Club so much, but then I felt like it became like trendy hipster, like you're a douche for liking Fight Club that much. Well, and so I was like, all right, maybe I should cool off on my love of Fight Club. There's some people who just didn't get the point. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, no, being in a Fight Club is cool. Like. Okay, you didn't get this. Yeah, you missed you missed the boat. <laughs> you missed the whole point. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. this movie. Yeah, this movie. He's he's definitely got a um, a bit of a wisecracking nature to himself, right? Not that he's like slinging jokes, but he's he's sarcastic and he will he'll throw some shade at people. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> he's. Definitely a smart aleck will talk back. He does not like authority, especially people who yeah. think they have authority over him. Right. He has like a whole thing at one point where it's like, it was like, you have to kneel. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to kneel. <laughs> I can't do that. Like or whatever. Three scenes later, he's kneeling now. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I, guess, I think that's my biggest problem um, with most of the movie and the characters. Like, I feel like, like I see what they're trying to do and what they want to do, but I don't feel like it's always earned. Well, yeah, I agree with this. Uh, so yeah, the funny thing is, is that this was originally supposed to take place in China, completely hmm. different culture. Yeah, and um, they brought John Sales over to Japan. They gave him five days to rewrite it for Japan. Hmm. <laughs> they like they, they took him over to the Kyoto International Complex, which is where the ending headquarters fight takes place so you get one yeah. day there then you got in four days you're in a japanese hotel and you just gotta write and you gotta transition everything so they really didn't have a lot of time to like fix this the way it i feel like to that be. almost makes sense because i feel like it was really just there were some scenes in the street some scenes at the like the dojo that that office building and then a hotel yeah <laughs> and those are the locations in this movie and actually this is i took a picture of this one uh, there's a really good bit of trivia in this. Here we go. Uh, according to Scott Glenn, the original script was about a ruthless club fighter from California with no family and no real background who gets involved in bringing a sword to Japan. So far, more or less the same. Mm-hmm. And through a lot of crazy adventure, he winds up with a martial arts sensei. The core of the movie would have been about a father and son finding each other from completely different cultures. And then after shooting started, Glenn became very aware very quickly that all those character-driven scenes were either being cut or shortened to almost no existence. Hmm. Uh, and that he was doing a martial arts movie instead. Uh, Toshiro Mufune came to him and told him, look, this is what's happening. I'm disappointed. I know you are, but this is what it is. So you can either have your heart broken every day, or you can use this experience as an opportunity to be spending an interesting time in Japan with me as your tour guide. <laughs> and Scott Gunn was like, fuck yeah. 
Okay, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine a cooler way to experience Japan than on the arm of Tichiro Mifune. Yeah. That is for sure. That Yeah, definitely. Um, the ADR at times is a bit much. Well, let's, let's get into our hero. Let's just let's not... Yeah, well, I was just going to say, because like, we, we start off with him in that sparring match um, with this young kind of Asian looking boxer that he's supposed there's, to be training. There's a lot of and dubbing so, in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's this, they're supposed to do dialogue, but they're both wearing mouth guards. And so there's like this ADR that comes in while they're wearing mouth guards. Like, Oh, that really doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. That's why I brought that up at first, but then yes, we'll, we'll bring up the rest of the ADR later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so after late, he, he gets, he's just, supposed to be just a sparring partner for this Japanese boxer, I'm guessing, uh, yeah. in Los Angeles. And the guy starts cracking wise to him, telling him, like, you're washed or whatever. So Scott Glenn lays him out. He's just like, fuck you. I'm not washed. Yeah. And gets fired. That Yeah, that sparks the eye of uh, a visitor to the gym who is looking for someone to help him smuggle his sword back to Japan. And yeah, I'm curious why this gym, why that specific fighter, like, it's, it's very not all, dwelled on much there. I'm, yeah, you have to put the, pick, you know, place the dots together by yourself. All I can gather is that he's a Japanese man. He was asking about a tough Japanese guy could help him out. And yeah. that was a, a Japanese boxer. He's in town. You should check him out. Yeah, I was also thinking, like... Because he said he went there for him, but then you beat him. So I'm coming right. to you now. You did say that, but I'm also wondering, like, like why? I mean, I'm sure there's so many guys, but I'm thinking, like, that's the location or the somewhat area where he bought the sword. Because remember, he's recovering the sword. Yeah, because it got lost in time, basically. Uh, it got stole uh, and see, sold a bunch of times. It got sold to a like uh, an American military personnel post World War II for like a couple right. of bucks or something like that. Yeah. yeah, so he's tracked it down, yeah. and I'm wondering if this is the area where he's tracked it down. And meanwhile, since I'm in this area, let's see who's in this area who can fight, and then yeah, I'm sure they yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he's yeah he uh, he comes uh, to to him in his in his apartment. He makes some funny jokes like as he thinks he's getting sued by that boxer. Uh, for beating him up, and he's like, "Yeah, take me for all my worth. You can get that couch there, that freezer, that fridge is broken." Like, there's some funny jokes. Like, he pulls it off. Like, Scott Glenn's good. Scott you know? Glenn is good. Yeah, this is his first starring role, by the way. Uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? I mean, it's. I mean, it really it, is. A, he just like, had like what? a bit part, uh, no, a supporting part, I guess you say, in uh, Urban Cowboy, and this is the first time they gave okay. him a shot at being the lead. Right. And I'm trying to remember, like, when's the first time I probably, like, saw him in... Hunt for Red October. Probably, right? Or or either that or Silence of the you Lambs. You definitely saw Hunt for Red October first. No, I know. I'm just trying... <laughs> you think I saw Hunt for Red October first, Silence of the Lambs? Probably. Yeah. Uh, you were... T- <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It took a while for you to catch up to Silence of the Lambs. You were a little too young for that when that came out. We both fair were. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But Hunt for October, we had to watch right away because we had a grandfather was in the Navy and an uncle was in the Navy, and they made sure we watched the thing. Oh, and it's Connery. Well, yeah. We wouldn't. Yeah. 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 We hadn't fallen in love with Connery yet. That might have been our first Connery movie. No, Highlander was definitely the first Connery movie. Yeah, Highlander probably. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. 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 So this guy offers um, him four hundred bucks a day, plus expenses. Yeah. Which, by the way, is like twelve hundred bucks a day in today's money. Pretty good. And it's like he's like, yeah, it's like five days work. And he's like, yeah, right. Just, you just need me to help you with smuggles? Yeah, sure. I don't care. Well, I mean, he does ask, so like, why me? I don't really like. What's the catch here? He does ask a little bit. Yeah. But then I think the money's a little too overwhelming for him. Like, All right. By the way, your answers are good enough. Stunning that this man in that piece of crap apartment who has no money to his name has an up-to-date passport and is ready to go in a moment's notice. Yeah, that's true. Um, maybe he conserves um, his money for passports and stuff like that instead of his haircut, you know? <laughs> yeah, Scott Glenn has this... I don't know how to describe it. It's not... It's like a bowl cut almost. It's definitely a, not... like a bowl cut in front, but it come, keeps on right. coming down. It's more like a Prince Valiant-ish but like closer to the sides? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's It seems like he should be with his hair um he would fit in with um so maybe his hair is of the era. I don't know. He would fit in with um oh heck what's that movie? Um that Stoner movie with Ben Affleck and the and the bat and everything. Um Oh. Why can't I think of my bleh. the overrated movie? Um <laughs> Oh, I'm driving. You're gonna get us in trouble name. for that one. Uh, I know. Dazing Fuse. Yeah, there it is. Thank um, you. Yeah, he looks like he could like if he like a younger version of him would be hanging around with the Dazing Fuse people, uh, with his hair and everything. Um, hmm. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I think that movie is overrated. I, but I do too. But neither here nor there. Now I gotta go. Um. Yeah, I guess a little bit yeah. like McConaughey's hair. Yeah. In that movie, a little bit. So and then he, we go from him like accepting to him being in customs in a Japanese airport. So there's no budget to show anything else. Like just go right, right there. <laughs> we got to get moving. Can this movie is long enough as it is? So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything else from like here to the next like I don't know twenty minutes or so is basically all action scenes, except for like one exposition dump. So there's yeah, not much to talk about for the hero for there. We'll, we'll get into yeah, that stuff he later. He immediately gets jumped, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then he finds himself um, with the other brother. Actually, he finds himself with the bad guy brother, which he's like clearly very like, oh my gosh, because he's got like a sword to him and he's seen some crazy stuff even before that. Um, so he does a good job of being like, I, I just, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, I just want to leave. Yeah, everyone <laughs> just assumes he knows the whole story and he's in on everything. He's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, man. Yeah. I'm just a and, guy. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, gets himself into even more craziness. And he's basically injured. And then he's brought to the other brother. Mm. And so then it's like, what's going to happen there? And then we get that more fish out of water stuff. Um, right. The big dinner table right. scene, like you said, it's very much Temple of Doom vibes. Yeah. And he gets drunk uh, trying to wash down the taste of eating like live eel. <laughs> Yeah. And he just makes an ass out of himself. Uh, yeah, and everybody's laughing at him. Ask for country fried steak and gravy and a chili dog. In yeah. his defense, uh, they were slicing up that very obviously live, real live lobster. Yes! And I was like, yeah, eat it. I'm like, that's effed up, man. Yeah, I can't believe they showed that on camera and everything. Like, just... Yeah. And it's still moving on the plate and everything. And his reaction to it moving on the plate. Yeah, yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's screwed. Man, that one was screwed that up. Seemed, that seemed all very legit, and I was just kind of shocked. Like, 
There's no way you can get away with that today. That's for sure. Like, yeah. Oh. So uh, after all yeah. that, he gets up and he's all hungover and grumpy. Yeah. And he's very unimpressed with all the uh, the. I don't know. How would you describe the the, the training? The that, training. That yeah, going it's like on. a Bond training place almost. Very much. It's like an old. Would you describe Mufune's character as a samurai or what? Because. I guess so, with the two swords and everything like that. Yeah, it feels yeah. like that, but then when you see him in action later on in the movie, it feels more ninja than samurai. Well, yeah, because the, the, the throwing stars is kind of what throws you off, because the throwing star, under my pers- impression, is more of a ninja thing. Yeah. But the the bow and arrow and the two swords, all that, and the way he dresses and everything, that's yeah, all very exactly. samurai. Yeah, exactly, but like when he's charging yeah. the headquarters at the end of the movie, like, mm, this feels Because it's all, ninja. yeah, it's way more stealth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, it's it's uh, which is a little weird because you think like, nah, I don't think a, a samurai would is more face to face. They and the whole point of the ninja was to combat. I don't think the he ever actually labels himself. He just says traditional Japanese. I think it's what he says yes. throughout the movies. Like, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Like, okay, maybe he's learned some both schools there. there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, don't know. So anyway, he's Mufune finds his disrespect kind of amusing, and he's like, "Tell you what." I'll just give you the damn sword if you can beat anybody here. Well, I think he no. He says you can have your money. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah you. Sorry. Can, I'll because the, the the reason why he stays after he like gets healthy again, like he gets over his injury, but he's sticking around because someone's got to pay him. So they 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 let him be there for a while until he gets annoying enough, basically. And they're like, all right, fine. Like you take on any of us, and you end up beating any one of us. Like, yeah, have your money and you can go. Um, well, actually, I don't even think they say you have to beat them. Just take on one of our guys. That's it. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I think win or lose, here's your money, basically. Yeah. Sorry. It's been a little while. You took so long to yeah, watch this I know. movie. I, just like two weeks ago. My bad. Yeah. Um, Stuff came up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's where we get my favorite line. Come on, Kubo. Let's get it on. <laughs> and he gets embarrassed. But yeah, he gets his ass We'll kicked. say that. Yeah, it's like really just hands Rick his ass in very simple ways. Yeah, and it's like he, I guess he, and he kind of says it uh, in the movie too. Like, I've, I've beaten, I've been beaten before. Like, I've lost, but I've never been beaten like this. Like, truly, just embarrassed. And I think that's what gets him interested and be like, all right, what's going on here? I, I need to know more type of deal. He was no match for basic bitch Akito. Yeah. By the way, Steven Seagal was a uh, martial arts supervisor for this movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Didn't know that. Uh-oh. I did, I did not. There you go. I learned something. <laughs> um, but before that happens, before yeah. he kowtows to uh, Mufune, who I think his character name is Yoshida, and I should probably stop calling Yoshida. him Mufune. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. He's, Yosh- he's Yoshida? Mufune. Yoshida. Like, oh, my God. Yoshida? Yoshida. Yoshida, yeah. According yeah. to IMDb, anyway. Yeah, because there's a O oh, right there. Yoshida, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he leaves the yeah. school, like, bummed. He's got his money. He's just like, F it. I'm so yeah. tired of this place. And he learns the hard way about Japanese hostess bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another example of fish out of water stuff. Yeah, that it's was like, funny. my man, even if you're paying for the girls' drinks, you have to pay for the time you spend talking to her, too. And he's like, that's absurd. I'm like that's Japan. <laughs> yep. Um, 
I can't wait to come back to that seed when we talk about villains too. Yes, I know. Uh, this Same is way. such an interesting shot and moment. Yes. But anyway, so now he's convinced to basically go back and and exp- say you want to know more. Uh, and it's all ruse just to steal the sword back. So he and he's going to get even more money than he was promised originally. So he's like, all right, cool. Like, I'll go do that. Yeah. In the meantime, he's like interested, not interested, but he's like gets chummy with a boy there and goes through the motions of a montage, but never really get a montage. Really frustrating. I know. I, I wrote this down this several, we need a montage. several times. I wrote that note of we really need a montage montage. Like it, a montage. Yeah, it's just like, again, it kind of goes back to that, like, not really earned. I think you get, like, one scene where he eventually, like, you see him, like, hey, I've learned to cut the bamboo tree down. I, I appreciate it on his first attempt. He just freaking breaks the sword. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. That's wild, because I've seen Mifune do this a million times in a million movies. It looks so easy. Yeah. And then <laughs> you eventually show him able to cut it. But besides that, that's it. you never really see him learning Anything. They just fast forward to him being good at stuff now. Yeah, and I, I thought that was so frustrating because I, I yeah. felt like it, the fighting with him with that was annoying. Um, I felt the same way with his relationship with Yoshida. Um, like you, 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 they barely talk to each other. They barely have any moments with each other that you can see them starting to like each other or something. Um, you, and it's the same thing with the, the I guess, the love interest because like all of a sudden there's like. There's a thing there when there was nothing there to begin with. Nothing. There was no setup. They're just doing it. <laughs> yeah, because it, it. I think he does try to make a move on her at one at one point towards uh, even, and then she pulls away. Like, what the hell are you doing? And then almost like two scenes later, they're doing it. So it's like, wait, what? Like, they're <laughs> this is only like their third time on scene together, and now we're getting to this point. Well, so speaking yeah. of unearned, uh, so eventually uh, he finds a perfect opportunity to steal the sword. And he gets away with yeah. it. And he's out the door. He's halfway down the block and he stops. He looks at the sword and he decides, no, I'm going to go back and give it back and explain myself. Right. And they're all, they knew the whole time they were waiting for him to do it. Right. Can you explain why he decided no. to? It's like something on the sword. Just look at the sword. It's like, man, it's pretty. I can't steal this. I don't know what it was. It's maybe, like, maybe he starts thinking of honor and stuff. I, I really don't know because he doesn't know the story yet because he doesn't learn the story till after that. Yeah. About the story of the sword, which we'll get into later. Yeah, so it's like it's it's really like again, just just not earned. It doesn't make sense. What he does earn is uh, the master's respect after the fact because he agrees to be buried up to his neck with yeah. no food or water, and he just yeah. he lasts for like five days. And at the end, he's completely delirious and seeing things that aren't there. It's probably Scott Glenn's like real time to shine and best moments of the movie because he really just kind of. Grows a lot of I don't know likability and some funny moments and he's singing and him trying to like eat uh, a bug and he eventually successfully eats a beetle uh, or uh, a rat's coming at him and he's like trying to make these like noises yeah. and mouth motions to the rat to try to scare the rat off like there's some funny good like like anybody else and this would have been really bad so good job Scott Glenn but when like, they give good... him room to breathe and do stuff he yeah. he shines. But they so rarely yeah. do in this movie, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, because like the other good part too is like, like when stuff has really gotten bad, 
people have died and he's like yelling at them. Like, I love that. I love that yeah. scene where he's like, all this over a sword? What is wrong with you people? This is ridiculous. Yeah. A child people has been are hurt. dying and, the, and they're using guns and you have swords yeah. and archery. Like this is like, he's not playing by your traditional rules. And like, it was some good stuff there. And again, it's like you, you get it in like basically two parts or two scenes Maybe a little sprinkling, but it's 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 just a bummer that you don't get enough of that. Like if they had added like fifteen more minutes to this movie, just to explain some yeah. stuff and to have some kind of like relationship said, building moments with some of these characters yes, besides the boy. All of it. Yes, yeah, for real. It would have been a yeah. hundred times better, but we just never get so it just feels like fractured. Yeah. Cause I feel like the end too would as much as I loved the ending, it would have been elevated that much more if the relationship with Yoshida was earned and better built. They never have any one-on-one time in the movie because yeah, I, well, because they don't decide to have Mifune speak any English in it. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, that's okay. I, I respect it. I'd rather them not dub him because he's great. It would mm-hmm. take away some of his performance if you dub him. But like, I don't know. It just doesn't work. I mean, he could have had Glenn understand Japanese or something. I, I guess that wouldn't work either. But still, it just, it sucks. That they didn't have more time yeah. to bond at all. Uh, so. Or have some moments of like unspoken stuff. Yeah, that would have worked too. Um, but it's just, you barely get stuff with them at all. Like, it, I mean, most of the stuff of them together is them, like him either acting like an ass or him yelling at, at Yoshida for, you know, being so stubborn, basically. And that's about it. Yeah. Um, and, and to the ending's point, it would have been nice to have had some kind of explanation for why Rick is so proficient with guns. It's like, this yeah. is new. Inf- I didn't know you had this skill. Where did this come? I know they didn't have any at the school. Like, yeah, like and, a, a line of dialogue that just said, like, yeah, I was in the army or something would have been nice. It would have sufficed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was but there no. and I missed it. I don't know. But if you didn't catch it either, it's possible. I, feel I didn't it. catch it either. Yeah. I didn't catch that either. No, I have no idea. Anyway, that's it's possible. That's about we've covered everything I want to say about the main character. Unless you have yeah. something else. No, I think that's about it. I mean, let me just double check here again. Um, yeah, no, I think that I feel like the other things that I would want to say is kind of tied to other characters. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, I, so yeah, I gave him a two and a half. And it's really just off of the star power of Scott Glenn because my band is he stands out, he's good, but there's just, yeah he is they don't give him an, enough to do they don't give him any runway to play with yeah so it's, it's like I can only give you halfway he's like ah and it's he all- does a lot for what little is given for him yeah and and I think if it wasn't for him this could have been a lot rougher yeah if there were a lesser actor in there it would have like oh this would have. This is yeah, not good. <laughs> it it could have been real bad. Like, imagine if like they put like, I don't know, the kid from the soldier in this spot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would that would have been rough, you know. I was gonna go with um, Michael Beck from Battle Truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was gonna be my example, but yeah, that's like exactly one of those two. And yeah. it, it's like, oof, man. But he he has enough charisma to him that he's able to really save a lot of this character for the movie. Mm. And so I agree. Actually, that's exactly what I scored a two and a half. All right. There you go. Yeah. Sapatico. Villain. Villain. This is my shortest section, I, without a doubt. Not my shortest section because I included uh, my, you, my... The henchman? I included Ando in here, and I 
love him. I love him so much. <laughs> is that that's the uh, that's the right hand man guy, the American? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. That you're like clue at first. You're like, oh, okay, and then all of a sudden you're clued in. Oh, he's not Japanese. He's an American. Okay. Um, because there's yeah the, and I'm I'm sorry I'm jumping ahead right to it. I love the scene in the bar <laughs> where he's just playing a an arcade game while talking to him. It's such an actual very cool shot yeah. because it's 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 panned on on his face with Scott Glenn in the background, and you see him legitimately playing this arcade game and doing fairly well in the arcade game. He's having a very serious speech conversation, um, and it's it's one of the bright spots in the movie. <laughs> I had to watch that scene twice because I was just entranced from watching him play the video game. Yeah, <laughs> same. Uh, um, <laughs> but he definitely like he takes up a room when he's in it. Like he when the you know when you first get him hijacking uh, Rick there in, in when he gets off the plane, right? And that's that's a lot of him, uh, and uh, you know making the threats and and inflicting some of the punishments that he's you know torturing some people to get you know answers about the sword. Well, let's uh, his whole speech. I, I, you know, I want yeah. let's, let's get into Hideo. Okay. Our, our main villain. Oh man, that ADR. So the yeah, <laughs> it's unfortunate. I don't. I disagree. You think it makes it better? I, I find it fascinating, and I'll explain why in a bit. Okay. Uh, but let's let's give a little background on Hideo. Uh, the movie actually starts with Hideo, uh, being. Out- you don't know it. The we name, don't know later who these people yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, but yes, we see a ceremony. Uh, which a sword is being transferred to one person. Yeah. A boy goes up uh, to go and transfer the sword from the grandfather to his father. And that's when our villain, Hideo, we find out later, uh, is outraged, grabs one of the swords, and slices the kid, we find out later is his nephew, across the back, permanently paralyzing him for life, and runs away with the sword. Which... So in is the guy who is trying to get the the sword smuggled is in a wheelchair. So you very quickly can kind of put two two together. That's him. Yeah. Like the the boy is the dude in the wheelchair type of deal. They do show a shot of uh in in that scene with Hideo kind of almost giving a face like ooh I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. But then the rest of the movie could not care less. No no he is such like a cool Japanese villain because he's like I don't care about honor. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna steal this thing from you. I don't care. And he's like, it's just and his brother's like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah. It's just a weird <laughs> choice to go from like that scene in the beginning where he's like, oh no, I didn't no, mean to do that, we, to be like, I really don't care sure what, what happens to my own family. We're not sure what happened to this dude past World War II. There were some harsh times. Yeah, maybe World War II really messed him up. I guess. But yeah, he's basically become a uh, frontman for the uh, the yakuza. The the, the yeah. The, uh, public-facing um, front man. No, for right. the, the straight man for them that does their business for them. Uh, <laughs> the guy dubbing uh, Hideo <laughs> is Paul Fries. Okay. And that sounds almost familiar. He is the voice of uh, Boris Badenkov in Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, he was also... Um, sorry. I wrote down his look at that. The Burgermeister in Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> I 
I knew this, like, the voice sounded familiar. I was almost thinking, I was like, this almost sounds like Peter Collins doing yes, a really yes, weird impression. Yes, 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 that's exactly what it down. He sounds like Optimus Prime. What the hell is going on? This is so cool. The bad guy sounds like Optimus Prime. This is amazing. Yes. It's like, why is why is Optimus Prime trying to do a Japanese accent? This is weird. He's barely trying to do a Japanese accent, which is my favorite part yeah. about it. He just sounds like Optimus Prime. Like, what's going yeah. on? It's such an unnatural voice it's coming so out from this cool. dude. I love it so much. I love it so it's much. It's so bizarre. I'm so angry we don't so get much. more of it. I, I was like, I, I wanted to, to write notes about um, his his automatic glass door case that opens for his sword. <laughs> the one sword yeah, he does have. Yeah. And it's just, it's an automatic, and it makes such a no, and recognizable noise of the glass door opening just to get to his sword. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy. But then he starts talking. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. We got bigger things to worry about now. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we don't get a lot more of him after this. Yeah, like, he pops up like once more later to like, hey, you're gonna you gonna meet the sword now? No, okay, bye. And then you don't get him again until the end. Exactly. That's exa- yeah. Two more scenes and that's it. And it's yeah. Not, that's why I'm like not much down. And here I'm for. not sure we get even more of him talking with that Paul Freeze uh, voiceover too. It's just de- yeah. it's devastating for me. <laughs> Luckily, we have a main henchman in this movie worthy of a Bond yeah. movie in Ando. Yeah. <laughs> Played by Calvin Young. Uh, and this guy is efficient, hilarious, and hilariously sarcastic. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed too. Like I, I still can't get over like how much leeway as a henchman he's given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like he's he's got uh, you know Hideo's nephew, and uh, he's just going to kill him and push his wheelchair out of a moving vehicle to go off of a bridge, <laughs> and Hideo's like, okay. <laughs> What? Gotta do what you gotta do. Like he, he, my my boss wants to see you, you random American. I'm gonna bring you, but I'm just gonna like randomly murder his nephew, and nobody's gonna care. It's like what? The first time we see him, he captures Rick right away and and shoves him yeah. into his uh, van, and Rick's just like, what the hell? And like at first he's like, how do you like Japan so far? <laughs> and she's like, whoa, very charismatic. Yeah, yeah right away. Um. <laughs> See, and then he he's trying to explain the whole deal to Rick. What's going on? He's like they're queer for swords over here. I don't get it. I'm like what? Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, when he's walking with him in the uh, corporate headquarters, there, I, I he's there's a chunk of from the from the truck from him picking him up in the van or whatever mm-hmm. to um or to the taxi and then to the van and then to the corporate headquarter building. Um, there's just, it's a long time of just him talking. Yeah. It's- <laughs> and, and, and eventually, and I don't get me wrong. There was st- stuff I enjoyed, but eventually I was like, I think because it's such a straight amount of time of him talking, I'm starting to tune it out. No, same thing happened to me. It's they, yeah. they want to show how secure and awesome this place is to make the ending seem more impressive, but it takes right. so long that you're just yeah. like, what is he saying now? Yeah, I'm getting um, lost. In yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I have to see, and it's a bummer because the Blu-ray that I bought, very pretty, uh, yeah. doesn't have any subtitles on it. It's just bare bones. Like you watch the movie or nothing. It's like, oh yeah. I'm curious how much it it got upgraded to because there's there's moments in the movie where the quality is poor, and the moments where it looks okay. 
It's kind of like the beginning, the very beginning part with that. Yeah. You know, anytime the movie ceremony, at night, it's it looks a little rough. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know how great the the transfer is, but it's about as good as you can get, I think. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, when he's but he, when Ando is brutally torturing uh, Toshio, who's the the paralyzed son. Uh, yeah. To get to real where the sword is, he literally takes out hunks of his flesh. And we're seeing this happen. Yeah, he's, he goes right behind the ear and starts sliding, which is a clever thing. So you don't actually have to see the blood or you don't have to actually see the cutting. So you can kind of get away with it, but you still show a motion of cutting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then can immediately hide anything that doesn't look real. And then lots of blood. You like, And then you do a cutaway to the, uh, to the city landscape and then you cut back in the van and he's just covered in blood. It looks like Pinhead has had a couple yeah. of minutes with him with his like, hell chains. <laughs> He, yes, his, his flesh is ripped. Um, so he, and yeah. then he's like, "Yeah, I got everything I need from you." And then boom. Yeah, no, he <laughs> out you brutally go. Brutally efficient. Um, my one issue with Ando uh, is not the the height disparity between him and Scott Glenn. Yeah, causes some scenes to be just hilarious. Like when he has to knock him out from hitting him on the back of the head. He sort of kind of got to jump and get on his tiptoes to do it. I th- so, it almost looked like Scott Glenn was already leaning forward anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it just doesn't look great. Like, ah. He's definitely not a physical threat. So we need I to don't... have the full, like, if you shot it in closer, you could have made him look a little taller. Yeah. It would have been easier. I don't think he ever was really a physical threat in the movie. He's just kind of like, dang. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's a threat kind of like more the way he's thinking and the way he's ruthless but he's he wasn't really much of like a, I'm gonna fight you now type of thing. No, he's always very cool and calm. He never gets too heated, and he uh, he's got clever plans to get what he wants. I love the way he dies. Yes, and we'll get it. We'll get into that action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I know. Oh, and I, I did write this down. I, I love the split diopter so- shot uh, with the video game, like you were talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's a it's a great scene. It's 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 cl- I think the best shot it has in the whole movie. Yeah. Like just yeah. the most interesting way they filmed it, camera angle. That's the best thing they did. You're the whole mo- movie. mostly just seeing his hands, but you see the reflection, like you said on the screen and then you mm-hmm. have Glenn reacting to it. And the way he's even driving just so smooth and calm, just letting you know, how, like, yeah, this guy is not to be messed with. It's he very... is so in control of all that was, of this. It was a great touch by Frankenheimer. Yeah, it was great. Um, I, I agree. My wife, one thing I'm mentioning is the shocking amount of the bad guy goons have guns uh, for a movie set in Japan. Yeah. One dude has an M16. Like, where do we? Well, it's we just stealing this off the American the... military, or yeah, um, I mean, we are. Stationed I mean, clearly there, but... we're the opposite of tradition is what they were trying to to set there. Yeah, right? but that's so that's just a lot of guns modern... for Japan. Yeah, true. <laughs> Very true. But yeah, modern military or modern building. Um, they, they really try to hit you over the head with the modernness, which is a little weird because then the, at end, the ends randomly Hideo, who's always been insanely well, nicely, modernly dressed yeah. is in a traditional outfit at the end yeah. for this, you know, duel, which he was like, I'm not dueling you. I'm just going to shoot you. Yeah. That's a problem. Because um, in the beginning of the movie, it's uh, the middle of the movie. He's just the, the brother, you know, Yoshida says, I'm going to challenge her brother to a duel to get the sword. And, yeah. Hideo, and he has to accept because it's tradition. Yeah, and Hideo shows up just to laugh in his face. Like, yeah, no, my guys are going to steal it from you. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, and they have guns. And yeah, goodbye. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a weird thing to all of a sudden at the end be like, yes, let's have that duel now. And I'm 
already ready for you in my traditional outfit. It's like, wait, wait, yeah, what? Yeah, you should have been in a suit. You're right. <laughs> yeah. it's Again, it's just like weird, unearned type things happening that's just frustrating. Yeah. So what'd you give Villain? Um, I gave it a two. I gave it a two and a half. I really loved Ando. I didn't love it enough. Um, cause again, like as much as he had some cool, uh, fun dialogue and lines and delivery, like he's, he's not much of a physical threat. Um, and, and our villains are just, just not in it very much. No, that's true. It's very limited screen time from villains at all. Um, okay. Every, every driving motivation of the villains you get from the heroes, never really from the villains themselves. Yeah, it's just greed for at least. It's not that interesting. You're not wrong. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's why for Ando is basically why I gave it a two. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, that's why I went with two. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see how we feel about the other We'll ones. come back. Yeah. yeah. Action stunts. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not paced well. Nope. With action no. for sure. Um, and when you do get the action beats, um, sometimes it's slow, but every once in a while it's like, uh, Oh, okay. That was nice. You know what I mean? Um, it's, and then the ending you're like, Whoa. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird, uneven action thing. How, how familiar are you with, uh, John Frankenheimer movies? Just out of curiosity. Um, okay. So Frankenheimer, uh, did, this movie called Grand Prix. Okay. Uh, That's supposed to be like a classic. I don't think it is. It's just a movie that I oh. think is a classic. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what I, maybe I've heard you talk about it before. Yeah, it came it out in 66. And it is the was the best racing movie I've ever seen. Like the way they okay. shot it, like, oh my God, I can't believe this came out in 1966. Absolutely incredible. And years later... Oh, you know what? I think we talked about it in our episode on... Um... Uh, what's the movie? Uh, Junkman. I think you oh, brought this up when we talked about the Junkman. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those movies. At least this movie. Yeah. Much like the Junkman is now, that's a movie I'm trying to beg people to watch. That one's a little tougher because it's like three hours long. Like, no, no, Oof. I swear to God, it's not boring. You just gotta watch it. <laughs> um, but he also did Ronin in the '90s, which had other great action uh, chase scenes. Oh yeah. Um, so when I had the movie starts off with the chase scene when he first gets into Japan. But Ando yeah. is hunting down uh, Toshio's van, and mm-hmm. it sucks. It's not good, it's, yeah. It's just... And it's it's really them trying to cover up how boring and lame it is by a lot of quick smash cuts to fish and other things in the market. And it's really well. That's that's a later disorienting. I was talking, that's the on the foot chasing that comes out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that also well, is not that. That's that's when we're like it looks like a travel log. Like look oh, how weird terrible. Japan is. I, I yeah, we're in a fish market, and then it's like he's running. No, I'm just talking about the fish. car chase scene where they're the, just chasing oh. after the uh, the van. The and van, then he lets, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Toshio lets his sister off to get away, so he'll yeah. get caught. Yeah, I I guess I didn't even. I thought it was so lame. I didn't even consider that a chase sequence. <laughs> in my defense, I I am I was struggling to come up with like yeah. action beats for this movie because this is. I know. Well, the first one is you get the little bit of the sparring and the boxing in the beginning. Yeah, if it wasn't for this ending, it's it's really hard to call. It's almost impossible to call this an action movie. Yeah, because I I mean, you get a little bit of training sequences, I guess, uh, and then him getting his butt beat a couple times, and then the betrayal moment is kind of where you get a little bit more action. 
um, there was a nice um, sweep kick there by by Rick when he faces um, his rival guy. What's I forget the dude's name? The guy that beat him up in the beginning. Um, that beat him up. Kubo. Um, Kubo. Okay, so he gets to face him again once um, the glasses dude go betrays Yoshida, and Kubo I guess is part of that betrayal. I don't think so. So there is. A, I thought he was. I think they. I this is what I thought was really clever. So. Um, Go frames Kubo saying, Oh, uh, okay. he let these guys in. Like they're looking for Akiko, I think it was. And right. that's where Rick's like, how dare Kubo do this? That's ridiculous. He's, you know, what's right. he doing? And then he's, he just gets them to go fight each other again while he uses his distraction to go steal the sword. Uh, that was my impression anyway. Oh, you might be right. I, I thought they were both in on it at first. Cause I, I like, I have to say like, I kind of looked away and then I looked up and I was like, wait a minute, how did that fight with Kubo end? I didn't quite catch how it ended, but at least the beginning part I thought looked kind of cool. Like I thought again, it was like a nice cool sweep kick and a couple of nice moves there. Um, and then I think some throwing star moves and then that was about it. But like at least, so big draw, big gaps of like, not much, some training, him getting beat up a couple of times, and then that moment. And so there's there's huge of 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 non-action going on. Yeah, there was another one. I want to point out that scene where um, Hideo uh, responds to the challenge of yeah. And so like when when the guys start coming at him with the guns, Rick, being a sneaky American, uses sneaky American tricks, uh, yeah. and pretends to betray Yoshida and puts a sword up to yep. his neck to get Hideo's men with the guns to come closer to him. Yeah. And then he cuts him down immediately when they get into within sword range. <laughs> yeah. And then the other guys are like, what? And they're like, but they're already running away by the time they can catch him. I think they only get one guy, but like, yeah, they think they got one. It's barely yeah. an action scene, but that's what we're working with here, folks. Barely. But I mean, yeah, you do get to see someone's like throat slit, I think, or something. Yeah. Um, in it. So it's not, it's not afraid to get bloody, but yeah, it is definitely lacking when you do get anything. It's really quick. Um, and again, it's always it's always kind of like, eh, there was one nice move there, but all right, we're done and move on. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah, it, that's its weakest point for sure. Yeah, and the things heat up, like you said, when Akiko gets kidnapped and Yoshida's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna go in there and kill everybody <laughs> by myself. Yeah, like what? So yeah, just, yeah, I'm gonna do that. He's like, you're insane. Well, we'll get get more to that i guess specifically well, this is get this is the it. action scene so let's talk about it i know but we gotta talk about him specifically i think right more right we right get to the mentor part no, no, but, just go into the action um, scene let's... but yes we get to the to the ending um and he's gonna go take them all on and and you know he's gonna do it the traditional way and it it's uh the movie escalates and it goes up another level um but yeah, he he's clearly I think more shown to be a samurai, and he's taking out people the ninja way. But whatever, <laughs> um, uh, he's like sniping people with his bow and arrow. He's tricking them. Uh, he's getting the guards to investigate a strange noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was it did at the very very start of it. I was like, this almost has a horror vibe. I kind of dig it. <laughs> what was that? Because it's from the perspective of the guards. <laughs> It, it, Which I thought was kind of cool. It, it felt like Tenchu back on like PlayStation Two. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> Tenchu Two was the game. I love yeah. that game for PlayStation. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's um, what this yeah. opening feels like of this this big action beat where Yoshida goes in and starts picking off all the guards one by one. 
Yeah, they're getting, like, arrowed in the chest and, like, the throat. Uh, someone gets, like, slashed right in the face um, yeah, co- with a sword. And like you said, come investigate the strange doors. Oh, sword in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just taking guys out kind of left and right. And it's it's uh, pretty pretty fun to watch. And he... He, and I, by the way, I love the, um, there's like a, like a panel of monitors and there's like a fleet of people watching each monitor and they're all looking into these cameras. And there's like nothing on the cameras, but they're all like furiously taking down notes <laughs> as they're looking at these cameras of nothing going on in the cameras. Like there can't be anything to write about. What are you, what are you writing about? But eventually oh, they do catch them. And so that's when the alarm rings and like an army <laughs> comes out of this building well it's a convention center it has room uh yeah <laughs> but yeah and that's he sneaks inside at that point though but when, when eventually well, he's still doing some sneaking they, they they see him so like a whole like six guys come running at him and that's when rick reveals that he's been shadowing yoshida the whole time yeah and picks up one of the dead guards m16s and blows all the guys away yeah it was when you're he's like in the the amphitheater part yeah and like yeah. he 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 puts one of his swords in this thing to trick that he's hiding behind something. And then he takes these two guys out and then he thinks he's okay. And that's when he's, he gets ganged up on by some guys. And that's when Rick comes in with the machine gun and and takes them all out. And I, he's so anti-modern, right. And you want to do this alone and do it the traditional way. But you know, since Rick's saved his life and shot him all down, he's, he gets over this really quickly. (laughs) And he's also like, cool all right come on like he doesn't say it but he's like all right come on like let's go here (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's like oh wow we just gave up on those morals pretty quickly (laughs) all right um he's very okay with rick using the machine gun to blow some guys away yeah so eventually uh yoshida reaches the big boss hideo his brother uh so it's ancestral Well, there's some other fun stuff oh if you want to go in go in yeah i mean there was there was um the bit with the uh the elevator yeah um, where they're, uh, they, they trick the guys into the elevator and then one guy gets taken out, uh, by Yoshida coming out and the, or, and then Yoshida goes up. So the other guy goes into the elevator and try to get to chase him, but then it opens up and it's Rick and he gets him. Like there was some fun kind of cat and mouse type of stuff, um, as they're taking out more guys that I thought was pretty cool. Um, East meets West action scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I enjoyed, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Um, yeah, sometimes Rick would lead a distraction, so then Yoshida can take him out. Uh, uh, or yeah, or sometimes like Rick would be like uh, trying to call someone's attention, and then he turns and Yoshida like slices a dude in the gut. At one point, his guts are coming out of his stomach from one of the sword slashes. That'll happen. Very sharp sword. Uh, and so it was, but I was surprised to see. Like yeah, they show blood earlier in the movie. No, the level of violence at this ending, yeah, goes up a notch, for sure. Like when I was, I was definitely like, oh my gosh, his guts are hanging out. Like I was a little surprised to see it go to that level. Mm. So anyway, yeah, now go to the boss thing. I I don't know, (laughs) guts coming out. I had to mention it. No, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's definitely a case where Tom Savini would be proud. It's like, hey, all right, yeah, let's go. Some nice parkour Rick moves, too. He's, like, rolling around and stuff like that. <laughs> so, we finally get the big uh, face-off between Hideo and Yoshido, Ancestral Sword versus Ancestral Sword. 
Right. And uh, they have a little duel going back and forth. Unfortunately, Ando the henchman decides the duel is taking too long and just shoots Yoshida in the back. <laughs> yeah, well, Yoshida, I think, is is kind of has the upper hand. Like, I think he's slightly winning the fight. Yeah. Not that he's, like, wiping the floor with, with him, Hideo, but he's. I think he's clearly, like, it's looking good for Yoshida. And, and so Hideo's got his, like... Um, his back to the wall and Yoshida's in front and then that's when yeah Ando just gets sh- shot in shoots the back. him in the back yeah and, and yeah, Hideo, Hideo is, is not happy furious and yeah. promptly chomps Ando's head off yeah which again is, is so weird for like a guy who like does not care about tradition and such and he was totally cool with his guys just machine gunning them all down like a few scenes earlier is now upset that somebody else took out his brother uh, even though he was cool with it, basically a few scenes earlier, so uh, weirdness there. But but it's awesome just to see. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> a quick change, head chopped off. It is stunning. Like whoa, and... oh, he just chopped yeah. that dude's head off. Wow. Okay, <laughs> didn't see that coming. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> uh, so then we get the final ending uh, fight scene because uh, Yoshida can no longer go on. He's still alive, but he's hurt. He can't fight anymore. Yeah. Rick picks up. Shot. Rick picks up the sword and says, "I'm going to take him out." And yeah. uh, the tables are definitely turned as far as the fight here because Rick is clearly oh, yeah. unmatched. He he can't really handle a sword clearly. that well. Which I think is like the best thing they did, uh, that choice. Because like, at least that helps everybody else who's like, yeah, there's no montage. He clearly didn't get that much training or that much better here. So uh, this should be a quick fight. He should get killed here. And he's clearly running for his life and just trying everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Rick uses his sneaky American powers and uh, yeah. <laughs> starts throwing office equipment at him. Yeah, he gets him in the head with a stapler in the forehead. Oh yeah, he doesn't like he does, he's not throwing a stapler. He is punching staples into Hideo's face. Yeah, <laughs> and you see it. Yeah, and it is great. <laughs> and we're not done. Uh, then yeah. accidentally, I forget which one does it, but uh, the wire. Uh, to the copy machine gets sliced off, but it's still going. So oh, Rick yeah. uses the the live wire to electrocute Hideo. <laughs> Fight still not over. Fight still not over. But then Hideo gets his uh, sword stuck in a cubicle, and that's I, well. First, it gets stuck in a chair, right? Which was interesting. <laughs> um, it was a really cool choreographed fight. Yeah, like, no, it it's, was, it's worth it was the money. all over the place. He's like trying to stab him through like this like glass bookcase shelving thing yeah. to to Rick's just trying to dodge it and trying to not die and he just tosses it over. I mean Hideo's also getting hits and shots in. He's gotten Rick's gotten sliced a couple of times in the back. Like he's pretty bloodied. Yeah. Like he's looking a little John McClane. Like he is not doing well in this fight. He's just managing to again like I'm going to use my environment and try to. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, trickery and my American ways over this. <laughs> but yeah, eventually uh, he uh, tries to stab through a cubicle and gets stuck. And then... <laughs> and then Rick takes his sword, his ancestral sword, slices Hideo's head in half right down the middle. Splits it. Yeah. It, it's it, like it, an apple. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, you, you, you're used to, maybe if you're going to see a head chopped off, it is chopped off. Nope. Yeah, this one off is the just... neck. No, no. I'm going down yeah. from the top of the skull down to the neck. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And you just see it just split. 
and it's it's from the back point of view so you see the back of the head so it looks pretty good like it doesn't look overly fake or anything mm-hmm. um it yeah it was definitely like a i had my hands up like whoa yeah. <laughs> oh my god that was awesome and that is the basically the end of the movie end of action yeah, he like he basically stumbles out of this because it all took place in this like one little office suite area on the upper floor, the hallway yeah. that they were in, and he like he comes out looking like he's going to collapse <laughs> and maybe die at any moment, and he puts the sword in front of him, and that's kind of it. Mm. Like that's the ending. So I gave the action a two. It, it's you know that ending um, is great, and you could probably talk me into going two and a half on it, but. Yeah. Yeah, I There's actually went there. three. Wow. I did. I love that ending so much. It helped so much. Like, but you're right. I mean, we talked about it. It is real light and not great action wise. I mean, when it does have its action moments, it's not like bad, super slow that you're like, ugh. It's just like, hmm. all right, a nice move or two, and really not a lot. And so I agree with you, but I that that ending put it up. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Another point for me that I, like, I I don't know if I'd want a whole rewatch, but I could rewatch the ending, that ending in the last like fifteen yeah. minutes. It's it's so much fun. I, it really just by the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see this movie remade. I think like, we have. I think we've seen def- like like a thousand versions of this it, movie. You probably have seen a, <laughs> this version. I mean, you you might be right, but white like, man goes east, learns about the culture. <laughs> Totally, totally. I mean, I think Jean-Claude Van Damme made a couple of movies like that himself. Pretty much. Um, but I don't know. I just I just thought it was so cool, that ending. I just loved it. Mm. Like, it's worth the price of admission. It made it worth it. Okay. Like, I'm glad I watched this movie just because I got to see how that movie ended. Right. And I just want to say, anybody else, like, stick with it. <laughs> Keep going. Because it's so much fun at the end. Mm. Well, let's get into Mentor Sidekick. Yeah. We got a mentor um, in this movie. We do. It's straight up mentor. Yeah. Um, although, again, I don't know how much legit mentoring and what a one time maybe they have. Could have used more. Um, Could have used yeah. more. Yeah. I mean, I also put the daughter in here a little too. Yeah. Yeah. If you have to share a Mufune in your movie, you know, give him a lot to do. Yeah. Because he's awesome. Yeah. Oh, for sure, um, for sure. It's I still have to see uh, Yojimbo. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going off more Seven Samurai here, but um, well, he's the best part of yeah. that movie too. So yeah, he is. No, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, the legend to Shiro Mifune plays Yoshida. And yes, he's he's much he's as old as I've ever seen him in a movie. But he, yeah, he's I think he's in his is he sixty or sixty one or something like that yeah. when he's making this movie. Yeah. The dude still moves insanely well for his age. Like all of his action sequences are not like they're all great. Like they're not like you know what I mean? You see sometimes when older actors do action, you're like, Ugh. like we clearly have to do some help to make the guy not look slow. You know what I mean? Like we have to, like when we watch Death Wish Two, and the guy, the guy's like, "I'm gonna purposely run a lot slower <laughs> here to make it believable that this guy's catching up to me." Like you don't have that in this movie. Yeah, no. Despite my man smoking like a chimney all his life, uh, he can still move. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's funny because yeah. he's probably the fastest actor in the whole movie as far as action yeah. scenes are concerned. 
He has the uh, Boken um, wood sword training uh, thing yep. in, in the towards the, the middle part of the movie that I that was fun. Like you get that's like the introduction to him. Yeah, he's just whipping all really, his ass. Yeah, and it's actually a lot of fun to watch. Yep. And then again, like the sword fight with his brother Hideo was great. Dude is fast. Mm-hmm. Like I was surprised. It's all good. Yeah. So I don't. I don't you know, we've kind of discussed him a bunch of times. I don't have a lot more to say about uh, the way that I. I freaking love the guy yeah i mean he's again not much of a mentor it's more of the script uh writing problem it's, like they, they took out scenes that should have probably been there it's the same problem with bond. glenn's character there's not a lot yeah. there but the the star presence of this actor is really yes. carries you through yeah exactly uh the only other thing i guess you could add here is is the daughter or the boy uh, i do have um, something to say about both of them real quick um okay. toshio the adult handicapped son of yoshida Okay, yeah. He's played by Sab Shimono. He looks so familiar. You want me to tell you why? Yes. I was like trying to look at his IMDb quick, and I'm like, I'm not figuring this out, and maybe he, Patrick will help me. Yes. Uh, Sab was the orderly in the X-Files episode about the invisible rapey old people in the retirement home <gasps> oh, that gave them the magic mushrooms. Oh, yes. <laughs> Isn't that like season one? I think it's season. It might be. Or is it two? It's like one or two. I can't. I don't know. It's an early season. That so is it. Yeah. <laughs> he was also one of the main bad guys uh, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. But he's been in a billion things. He, he's, he's been a voice actor in a million things too. Yeah, because I was like, I'm, like, I was looking at his DB and I'm like, and same thing with Go. Like, yes, I wrote uh, down him too. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I've seen this guy a million times too, but I was like trying to like figure out what is the movie, uh, like what is yes, the thing. Yes, Clyde uh, Kawatsu, one of my favorite that guy character actors. I'm yeah. always delighted to see him. Um, he has over 300 IMDb credits by himself. Wow. But And he's good, by the way, in his small bits too. He's good, he's charismatic, he's funny. He's the guy He's the guy who's the betrayer, and it breaks my heart because I love the guy. Yeah. I'm like, no, not you, man. Go, I like the you. whole like earlier when he's like uh i'll tell him for you or i'll let him know for you or whatever um when rick's trying to talk to him he's like uh can i sit here because everybody else is ignoring me he's like yes you can sit here and like he's actually kind of somewhat nice to him and then rick starts complaining to him. he's like all right i'll let you i'll let him know and like yeah i can yeah you're gonna let him know okay like <laughs> there's some fun stuff there like dude's good well my favorite uh clyde performance and i doubt he'd like enjoy me saying this uh, was in the Chuck Norris movie Top Dog. Oh, good lord. Where he played Chuck Norris's, uh, I guess, captain or whatever. And <laughs> you, the sheer delight on this man's face that he has in assigning Chuck Norris a partner of a dog <laughs> and how impressed he is with the dog is so delightful. He's so funny and adorable in the scene where he's like, This dog's great. You kinda suck. <laughs> and like the scene goes on this like for like five, ten minutes. It is so much fun. What was the last time you saw a top dog? You seem really refreshed with it. Hilariously enough, it has been a million years, but I remember yeah. the scene really, really well. I think I, I I'm pretty sure it's, in the tra- seen it. it's even in the trailer because it's like this is a great Maybe. scene. I saw that movie when it came out on video. We'll probably rented it from budget video and that was probably the first and last time i saw it <laughs> fair enough i don't know but if you even go into youtube just to watch it like yeah this is great yeah even the trailer I, I know it's in the trailer um but yeah he's good <laughs> oh a special shout out to um forgot to say toshio's plan to sneak the sword back into japan via his wheelchair oh yeah that was a clever ruse good for him that was 
Yeah. Yeah. They they you disassembled see, they the sword back. and shoved the, uh, the actual sword part into the handle of his uh, wheelchair. Yeah. Because no one... you when it when they bring it back after he went off like a freaking bridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, they bring the son's bring back, back yeah. son's body back with the wheelchair and then they like, disassemble the wheelchair like yep, there it is like wow. And then at one point where they they already had his ashes or something. Yeah. It's like there was like one quick line of like my brother's ashes or something, but mm. went quick. But yeah. Um, I don't have a lot to say about Akiko, the Yoshida's daughter. Yeah, she's very disapproving at first. Um, does rescue him, but otherwise doesn't really show much interest. They don't really have much communication again until a little bit later on, where all of a sudden he makes a move and she's like, "What are you doing?" and walks away. And then they meet up again and they have sex, which was a really weird sex scene. Cause I'm pretty sure they had like one to two shots that they kept repeating. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Cause it was like the same boob shot that happened three times. Like it was the exact same. <laughs> Appreciate just, the nudity. Weird. Thank you. Eighties. Yeah, uh, no, I know. But still it was just like with the, we're just we're just recycling this, right? I bet you like, both actors were like, "Why are we doing this? You get me? We're yeah. gonna do this for ten seconds, and you figure it out." Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll just we'll keep that two five seconds clips just rolling. And if anything, I'm sure Scott Glenn was like trying to show off his body more. Like <laughs> Scott, get out of the way. This is the '80s. We want to show nudity of ladies. Like, Mm-mm. you see how hard I work for this shit? <laughs> I worked really hard for these. Check abs. out these abs. <laughs> um, the other guy I want to mention is my boy Jiro. The little boy who uh, yeah. Rick befriends. One of the cutest little kids I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely. At, the way he talks, too, I don't think he's dubbed or anything. Like, he's just like. Jiro, no warrior. Jiro, disgrace. <laughs> I was so sad for him. I wanted to hug him so much. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the only, like, earned relationship in the whole movie. Yeah. Was him and, and, and Rick, who's like takes his kid under his wing and tries to get him to keep going and hang in there type of stuff. And, um, so when you see that, uh, he gets injured, yeah, go like, Oh no, go is the, my beloved Clyde yeah. smacks that kid up and injures him. And I'm like, how dare you really feel yeah. like, uh, Rick's rage at this? Like, no, not that kid. I know he's too cute. This is effed up. We're not doing this anymore. I felt like that was the only thing that really happens that, the movie made me feel like, okay, I could see Rick coming in to trying to fight these guys now because they hurt the kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yes. kidnapping the daughter that he had sex with or the store day with Yoshida. Like none of I, that really felt earned for him, but the boy was earned. Yeah, hurting this little kid was on par with hurting the puppy or killing the puppy in John Wick. It's like, no, right. that's too cute. You're all going to die for this. <laughs> But of course, that wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back. That actually was the straw that made him go like, you people are insane. I'm out of here. Which eventually leads to, I guess, the daughter getting kidnapped after their sex scene type of deal, which is really what he goes in to join to help. But it's just so it's just weird. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So what'd you give uh, mentor sidekicks? Um, I, I can see being lowered on this. I went probably too high off of the high of the ending in Yoshida <laughs> um, and how much fun that was. Hmm. Uh, so I, I went three. Wow. Probably because of the end of Yoshida and loving the boy. <laughs> um, and and those two are probably the main reasons why I went that high. But I immediately, 
I, I I was probably a little you know recency bias. I could I could see myself going lower. What's on your that. final score in this movie? Um, I have it at a ten and a half. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not that crazy. I don't know why I'm going. Wow. I had. A, I, I told you. It, I, I, I liked it. I gave it a nine and a half. So it's okay. You would have yeah full point lower I guess but yeah so I mean I I really enjoyed it I don't okay um no and again it's mostly because of the ending yeah I, I looking through um our top ten list here uh it's, yeah so I don't think it's better than I the jury I don't think it's better than the junk man oh uh, I think it's a better movie than the junk man. I, I I enjoyed the junk man more. Uh, as an overall movie, I don't know. It's pretty close as far as how fractured this thing is. <laughs> uh, Silent Rage is... It's better than Beastmaster. Yeah. I don't know about Silent Rage. It's close. I think I like Silent Rage more. There's definitely... A, it's definitely a better... Like I, I like I, action. There's better action altogether in Silent Rage. Although I don't know if Silent Rage ever reaches the heights of the ending of. It's a good point. Of the challenge. It's a good point. Um, the Silent Rage doesn't has a weaker hero. It has a weaker mentor sidekick. It, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. Um, I think you're forgetting Ron Silver. Yeah, well, I think as a comp- Complete movie from beginning to end. I could see Silent Rage maybe being better. Um, mostly action wise, it's just a, it's just a better pace, a better action throughout movie. Mm. Okay, but I don't think it's you know what I mean. I I think I it's can, gonna I'm, I'm, it loses it because a hero, it loses it because a mentor, and again, it never the the height of this ending is nothing. You know, I'm fine with moving jump- up to a ten, or you down if you can come down to ten, and we'll put it above Silent Rage, but below the Junk Man. I'm, I'm sorry, the Junk Man is just an achievement. <laughs> All right, yes. I can concede that. Yes, I win again. All right. <sighs> no, you moved um, me up to be fair, so I, you know this is cool. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, what? Yeah, I had ten and a half. You were at nine and a half. Yeah. So yeah. we were just at ten. So really, we both kind of went in the middle. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I have any other things to talk about for this movie. That's actually I mentioned all my little tidbits except for the worldwide gross of this movie was a little under three point six million. I couldn't find the budget, so it made a little over eleven million dollars today. This was produced by CBS Films, which huh. produced two movies, and this was the second one, and it closed after that. So, yeah. Not a big hit. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think the biggest, uh, the two biggest problems this movie has is the actions poorly paced and the the relationships just not being earned. But they have charismatic actors in it um, that are a good time within the villain category, hero category, mentor category. They're all charismatic, good stuff again the weakest part is the writing relationship stuff action should be better uh consistent throughout but the high of that ending was was great yeah it uh, it feels like the whole thing just got from what i can read anyway it sounds like rush production last minute changes kind of mm. they didn't make the movie they set out to make originally 
so that hampered everything. But uh, yeah, it's it was I don't regret watching it. So yeah, I think this is pretty pretty solid. It's interesting we have so many. I think tens are highest given. Either that or seven. No, yeah, no. I think it's ten. We have the most ten movies. I, the jury, the junk man, the challenge, and silent rage are all tens. Mm. And I think seven and a half is our next most points. Like a mad movies that got a certain point range or six. Mm. Okay. Anyway, so our it doesn't crack the top five, but it's in the top ten. You ready to like announce what the next movie is? Do I have to? Yes. Yes, you All do. Right. It's it's Firefox. Is it Firefox? It is Firefox. Isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's Firefox. Yeah. Woo! Eastwood. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody's aware of this. Probably not. Uh, but I don't like Clint Eastwood. Un-American. I'm not a fan. Un-American. Uh, I Clint Eastwood. Ha- and it's funny because I was just talking about this. Um, at work today, we were all having a conversation about actors uh, we don't like because they're just them. <laughs> they they don't know how to play anything else. Their 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 character might name might be different, and <laughs> and it might be in a different genre movie, but they're just themselves. And Clint Eastwood is that to me. He's just he's just always Clint Eastwood, uh, and that's it. Just frustrates me. Um, I have a similar problem with Robert Redford. Um, so, yeah uh, pff, it's funny and then somebody was like well what about the sting i was like what about it that movie's great but not because of robert redford come on and then, and then we all guess who we all t- ended up talking about for a while after that paul newman because he's amazing yeah paul everybody talked about paul newman after that <laughs> paul newman's one of the greatest actors ever made ever so yeah, yeah it, paul newman's fantastic so i gotta watch you, get you to watch the hot rock someday there's still a lot of Paul Newman. I'm talking about Robert Redford, but yeah. Show. Oh, Robert Redford? Oh, yeah. No, there's a million um, Paul Newman. There's no... Actually, no. There are bad Paul Newman movies, but you never like yeah. bummed about watching a Paul Newman movie because Paul Newman's there. You're like, ah. I think the um, the best Robert Redford thing I've ever watched would be that episode of The Twilight Zone that he was in. <laughs> I love that death. episode of The Twilight yeah. Zone. Where he, well, you don't know he's death till the end. It's like kind of the reveal mm. type of deal. And it's like, oh, snap. Um, I really liked <laughs> I liked him, and I liked that episode. Uh, that and The Natural. Those are those are the Robert Redford movies that I can really get behind. Obviously, I did like The Sting, but not really because of him. But anyway. So Firefox, uh, 1982, of course, two hours and 16 minutes. Uh, a pilot is sent into the Soviet Union on a mission to steal a prototype jet fighter that can partially be controlled by a Neuralink. Ooh, the future. That's a 52-year-old Clint Eastwood doing some fighter pilot stuff. He was the original Tom Cruise. <laughs> he was the original Tom uh, Top Gun Maverick. I guess. Oh, man. This should be interesting. I'm already looking at a quick preview here. Oh, the effects look interesting. The effects are real bad from what I saw. I've never seen this movie yeah. before either. I'm I I like Clint Eastwood, especially his cowboy movies, uh, especially the. Even you admit uh, Good and Bad and the Ugly, effing rocks. Yeah. Uh, to be fair though, that's not really like a. I have a weird thing with westerns. Like I'm not a giant western fan. Yeah, it's pretty much Young Guns. The, the and genre never really spoke to me. Um. 
Well, yeah. Well, it's it's Young Guns. It's um, oh, and um, Tombstone. Tombstone. I freaking love Tombstone. I'm your Huckleberry. Um, and uh, yeah, and Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Those, those, that's basically it for me for westerns. Mm. Your loss. Uh, okay. It's just not for me. I don't know the genre. I don't like it. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, Firefox should be uh, a bummer time for me. <laughs> um, but it is on Amazon Prime for everyone else. So maybe, maybe you all like it. I don't know. Yeah, Firefox. <laughs> all right, that is it for us. Please show your support for the podcast by leaving a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you happen to listen to the show. Also, sharing is caring. Be sure to follow us on social media to get the latest show updates. You can contact us by emailing at filmbrochamp at gmail.com or find us by searching for the hashtag filmbrochamp. We also like to tag things like 80s and action and action Twitter, that kind of stuff. But thank you for listening to this episode of the Film Bro Championship Podcast. Peace out, everyone. Let's get it on, Kubo! Kubo!